Hello, and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. Please excuse my rather sultry voice this week. My throat is full of pollen because spring is trying to kill me. Anyway, this week's episode inspiration comes from Laura. I would love to hear you expand upon your approach to minimalism, including with a baby or toddler. So I have an episode on minimalism and what it looks like for us. Minimalism has this odd stigma around it. People seem to think we have a single spoon that we all share when we eat dinner and we don't watch TV and we think soap is an unnecessary luxury. It's honestly not that at all. It just means that we don't buy a lot of stuff and we'd rather make do with what we have rather than purchase more stuff. So this is a supplementary episode for more, with more of a focus on kids. So I've got one kid. She's nearly three. That's just for context. And I get that a lot of what we do won't apply when she's a tween or a teen, but she's nearly three and we've successfully avoided a kid crap wonderland so far. So watch this space. This week's bonus will be a video tour of our kids stuff and a whole bunch of links for our favorite products. And that will be available for members via Patreon. Let's get started. Number one is toys. We are super, super minimal on toys. She has a lot of stuffed animals that people have bought for her and a few things like a toy trolley and a cash register, which we purchased secondhand. She's never actually had bath toys. She's just thrilled with this old jug from the kitchen and she makes coffee with a little empty, empty shampoo bottle that she uses for a rocket. We've personally found that kids just love grown up things. So she loves nothing more than writing on a scrap of paper with a pen out of mum's drawer. We have an outrageous amount of books for her and we regularly buy more. We're the same with art supplies, but that's the thing that we're choosing to be loose about. So education and creativity are really high priorities for us. So that's why she has enormous boxes of pencils and crayons and very few actual toys. Again, this may change as she gets older, but for now, that's what's working for us and for her. We are Montessori leaning, so we're not super dogmatic about it, but she attends a Montessori preschool. We just really like the methodologies there. So if you're unfamiliar with Montessori learning, the main philosophy is that Monty toys should be open-ended. So they suggest avoiding anything that beeps or flashes or makes noises or has a very obvious intentional use. Again, there's really nothing wrong with toys like that, but just by leaning into the Monty way, we just naturally avoid toys that are like that. It doesn't mean we don't have them. We have a handful of like flashy, noisy plastic toys that people have given us. And yeah, she uses them and we don't discourage her to use them and we haven't banned them, but we just wouldn't choose to buy them. And that's kind of the point of our approach to minimalism. So they're given to us, so we don't have control over it, but we would never have bought them. So it's important to be flexible in your minimalism, especially as people really can't bring themselves to not buy presents for kids. So you end up with so much stuff regardless regardless of how streamlined you're trying to be. We tend to buy most things secondhand and we prefer wooden toys. So we've got a massive wooden secondhand train set, a secondhand kitchen with a trolley. She's got this little old handbag that her grandma gave her to play shopping with. And when she plays daycare center, she uses the cushions off the couch as beds for her babies with a few crochet blankets I made for her with scrap yarn. She loves packing tubes where you can like glide a little matchbox car down inside them and they shoot across the floor. Loves playing with cardboard boxes. We made her a little threading toy by drilling holes in some small building blocks and giving her a shoelace to thread them on. 
And I mean, look, a lot of this stuff isn't available to everyone. We're crafty people and we have a shed and Ben has all the things, the tools to do all of the things. But our biggest approach to toys is basically everything is a toy. So cups, saucepans, empty and clean food packets, cushions, blankets, shopping bags. We just let her go wild with whatever she wants. Another thing we do is that we rotate her toys. So there are some excellent studies that show that kids remain engaged in independent play for far longer if they have less to play with. So we have her shelves set up with activities and we put a few out and then swap them over every few weeks. When we remember, we're not kind of on a schedule of, oh, must swap over her toys now, but we do just kind of like to rotate them and mix them up a bit. The thing is, is that it's about making toys appealing. So if they're all in a big box jumbled together, that's not appealing. So we put her puzzles on her shelf with a bag with the pieces. So they're all in the same spot and we don't have the puzzles completed because that's not appealing. You want the puzzle pieces next to the puzzle so that it's, it's, it looks like they want to go and play with it and actually complete it themselves. And this is the same with art supplies. So we have stacks of paper and her pencil box all sharpened and ready to go. And it just takes an hour or two once a month to tidy it all up. And it buys us so much time if we make her room look like an appealing place where she wants to spend some time. We're also not total buzzkill monsters. So for example, last week I checked the box for Woolworths not to send those little shopping Lego brick things that they have at the moment. Cause I, yeah, we, we don't enjoy the whole promotional plastic thing that the big supermarkets do, but they sent them anyway and we let her play with them and she really enjoyed playing with them. So it's no big deal. And it's all about best effort. And my mum came to visit a week later and had a few that she'd been saving and we added them to her collection and it's fine. It's, you know, they already exist. There's a recycle program for them. So, you know, don't beat yourself up when little things like that sneak in. The second thing I want to talk about is clothing. And this is the one area where we are probably the most minimal. So I'm not kidding. Our kid has like 10 tops and 10 pairs of tights. And that's pretty much it. We get a lot of her stuff secondhand, but the trick is when someone brings over a bag for her, we pick out the stuff we'll use and donate or pass the rest on immediately. There's no point in having boxes of things that you're not using. We tend to dress her in the same 10-ish outfits all the time. And so that's all we have. She has two pairs of shoes per season, sandals for summer, boots for winter. We get her Bobux shoes. All of the links for these products that I'm mentioning will be available via Patreon. And we buy them secondhand when we can. We just got her some pink Bobux sneakers secondhand recently. Uh, However, the lady that was selling them found just as she was about to send them, found out that they had mold on the insoles. So she gave them to us for free. I just had to pay for the postage. And we traced the old insoles on some scrap leather and made new ones and we polished them. And now they're good as new. So I often see shoe bundles on Facebook marketplace for sale. And there'll be like 12 pairs of shoes. 10 of them are hardly worn and two pairs look like they've been run over by a semi-trailer. So my philosophy is why not just have the two comfy semi-trailer pairs and not bother with the other 10 pairs? So that's our philosophy anyway. We live in the country and she's at daycare too. So there's literally no point in her looking like a catalog baby. However, if you love dressing your kid in cute little outfits, 
go for it. It's just something that's not important to her and it's not important to us. So we don't waste time, money or energy on it. We do have a few cute things that we wrestle her into occasionally when we want her to look a bit presentable, but we've been in lockdown for two years. So we haven't had to do that in a really long time. She's also extremely fussy about being comfortable and doesn't cope if anything is like tight or itchy or bulky or restricts her movement. So it's basically just t-shirts and tights because that's the only thing that she will wear and not complain about. Another thing we don't do is we do not take her shopping with us for clothes. We buy her clothes alone or secondhand bundles in her current size. She picks her own outfits most days now, and it's invariably like a mismatched top and some tights with a tutu and gumboots and ratty hair. And I honestly couldn't give less of a shit. She can wear what she likes. She doesn't like me touching her hair, so I leave it out. I am not dying on that hill every morning. If she wants hair in her eyes, that's her problem. The next category is kids stuff. So just all the bits and pieces that come with having a kid. Our kid has one drink bottle and we guard it with our lives because it's the only one she'll drink a decent amount out of. It's a Camelback and we researched it really hard and it's been great. Leak proof, sturdy. We did actually buy a second bottle for her recently and it's a Sig bottle and we bought it because the bottom part is stainless steel and lasts forever and you can just buy more adult friendly tops for it. So our hope is that she will have this bottle until she's an adult. That's the plan anyway. We'll let you know how that goes. We also did not have any plastic kid bowls. She just uses the ceramic ones that we use, even when she was really little. She broke one bowl. It was an old cheap Ikea one when she was a baby by accident and just kind of looked at the smashed bowl on the floor and was like, whoa, they break if you dropped them, if you drop them, and then just hasn't dropped one since. So she's got a little kid cutlery set that was actually her dad's when she was little. But most of the time she just uses regular cutlery, plain glass tumblers like we do. And I mean, yeah, we have nice plates that we don't give to her because we'd be sad if she broke one, but we trust her to be careful. And, you know, for the most part she is. We didn't buy any novelty plastic containers to pack her food. We just use stuff we already had. She uses an old stainless steel lunchbox I've had for about seven years and she absolutely loves it. I do little reels on Instagram of packing her lunches on Wednesdays um, and there's a link to the lunchbox that we use, but she absolutely loves it and, you know, has taken it as her own and, you know, is really quite attached to it. So yeah, that was a, and we already had that. So don't feel like you need to buy plastic kids lunchboxes with dinosaurs and things on them. Kids are pretty happy with whatever you have in the cupboard. Aside from a few sippy cups when she was little and a few plastic spoons when she was a baby, we didn't really buy anything special for her kitchen wise. We just, yeah, bought a few things and the sippy cups and the plastic spoons, we gave them away to another family as soon as she could drink from a regular cup. Baby stuff. This one is really, really huge because people get hung up on all the baby stuff that they need. Let me tell you for the first three months, of their life, your baby needs nine things, absolute max. They need you. They need a safe place to sleep. They need a couple of onesies, nappies, a safe carrier, a safe stroller, a safe car seat, maybe one comforter or a safe snuggle toy and some plain square terry toweling old fashioned nappies for wiping up spit up. 
That's it. That's all you need. And I mean, look, you might find other things that are essential to you. So like little bed chair things can be useful in the bath if you need it, because you might have, you know, back problems or mobility issues and keeping your kids safe in the bath is really important. Your kid might need a dummy. That's totally cool. Your journey might be bottle feeding and you need stuff for that too. You might need a breast pump. The point is not to buy all of this stuff straight off the bat. Just wait until you really, really need it. And look, I actually debate needing a carrier and a stroller right off the bat. We were carrier parents exclusively until our kid got too big, but it's also unpredictable. You won't know what you need. And look, I had a shocking time with breastfeeding because I had vasospasm. So I was in pain for about six months. So I ended up buying lots of heat packs and cooling packs and gel pads and ointment, but there would have been no point in buying all that stuff if I didn't need it. So for example, before I started breastfeeding, I bought a couple of boxes of those breast pads for soaking up letdown go figure. I never used them because they didn't have leaky boobs. So, you know, just have a think about what it is that you're actually going to need. Don't feel like you need everything straight off the bat and just wait until you need a thing before you buy it. As your kid gets older, they need a mat to kick around on and a few few toys to chew on that won't poison them. Uh, They need books from birth. Read to your kid whenever you can. Uh, That will get you through until they learn how to walk and then they don't need anything for months when they're learning to walk because it's like the greatest thing ever and that's all they'll want to do. Also, don't get ahead of yourself. Babies grow like weeds in the first year of their life. And if you have a summer newborn, you will not need a newborn winter down jacket and snow boots for it. Trust me, even if it snows, newborns are usually being held by someone most of the time or they're in a climate controlled room. Newborns do not need a capsule wardrobe for all seasons. If you live in the actual snow, then yeah, they might need that. But very few newborns need actual proper hardcore winter stuff because they're just like on you or inside most of the time. When your kid is six months to 12 months, just give up on them ever looking clean. They're learning to crawl, eat and walk. So they're just these epic little filth buckets. And that is why you never get six to 12 months hand-me-downs because they only last one kid. If you manage to get your hands on some six to 12 month old hand-me-downs, use them and just really let go of your kid looking cute because it's just the most foul six months of a toddler's life. So just be prepared for that. Next one is books. We do actually buy a lot of books because that's important for us, but we also go to the library every week and we get new books. Our kid has a half day on Wednesdays, so I pick her up and we run out errands. She has a book bag. We didn't buy one. We just used an old tote bag Ben had from when he was little. And she returns her old books and chooses new ones. She's always so excited to go to the library and we pick a pile of books and read them to audition them to take them home because, you know, we don't want to take home books that she's not going to enjoy. Uh, some other kids stuff. We have one Toshi hat for her each summer and we guard it with our lives. Um, the two things we care about losing the most is her camelback drink bottle and her Toshi hat. So whenever we leave a place, we just make sure that we have those two things. So the next thing that I want to talk about is always asking yourself, do I need to buy this? If your kid needs new clothes, do a shout out to family and friends if they have anything in the size that you need. If your kid is really into a particular kind of imaginary play, instead of buying a polyester magician cape from a chain store, see if you can buy a secondhand one or if you or someone you know can make one. Shoes are massive. Keep an eye out on Facebook Marketplace for secondhand ones. Our preferred shoes are Bobux, which are about $80 brand new. 
you, which is a lot of money if you if you buy them for a kid. And even if they, you know, wear them until the point that they look like semi-trailer shoes, that's still $80 and it's one season. So we, we frequently get the exact ones that we want in her size for about $20. Go to op shops often. We pop in all the time and just grab tops and tights whenever we can. Another really important thing to do is to be led by your child for some incredibly strange reason. And I cannot fathom how it happened. Our kid refused. And I mean, refused to wear a jumper for this whole year. She lives in the snow. So this was a major pain in the ass. She'd wear thermal layers and a jacket. So she was warm, but it's just that jumpers annoyed her. So I didn't buy any more than the ones we had. I took her into a shop and she tried one on and she went, I don't like it. So I didn't buy it. If your kid tells you they don't like something and they won't wear it, believe them. I've made this mistake way too many times. I have a bunch of hair ties that she told me she didn't like, but I bought them anyway because I liked them and now she won't wear them. Who's the chump? It's me. She told me flat out she didn't want them. And funnily enough, now that the weather is warmer, she suddenly decided she loves jumpers because toddlers want to slowly kill you with how illogical they are. I also like to ask myself, what's going to happen to this when I don't need it anymore? And this stops me from buying things like foam bath toys, plastic gimmicky things, poorly made cheap play sets, things like pencils and crayons you can use to completion. Paper can be recycled. Quality toys can be passed on to other children. Books are forever. So for example, we had a Halloween party a few weeks ago and she wore this flowery dress with a tutu from her dress up box with a crochet crown, wand and wings that we made with stuff we had lying around. If you're not crafty, borrow something, put a shout out on your local Facebook group for things that you need. If you need a plastic tiara for one afternoon, there's hundreds of them in dress up drawers near you. I can guarantee it. One of the other mums at the Halloween party wrapped her kid in an old ripped up sheet like a dummy. And there was a zebra wearing a zebra print bonds onesies with um, a beanie with a yarn zebra mane sewn to it. So yeah, just try to patch things together. I mean, they're kids. There's, there's no point in adding to landfill for one party. There's another thing I want to discuss in this episode. It is behavior stuff, very professionally named. And I feel like this falls under the category of minimalism because it simplifies our life a lot. So we follow kids eating color on Instagram for food stuff. And it has been a game changer. Our kid never has to eat anything. She doesn't want to eat, but I'm not making something separate. I choose what's served. She chooses what she eats. So this means I'm not packing different snacks or ordering or making different food for her. And look, she's not a perfect eater, but she's certainly not picky either. So I feel like the philosophy is really working. I do need to add a caveat though. This might not work for neurodivergent kids. So definitely do what works for your family. And contrary to what a lot of people will say, some kids will actually starve themselves. So be gentle on yourself. If it works for your family, give it a try. If it doesn't, no sweat. We also love big little feelings on Instagram for behavior stuff. We've only got a few boundaries in our house, but we stick to them. Bedtime, bath time, snacks and meals are finite. Sunscreen and hat are not optional. Pretty much anything else goes though. If she wants to take six toys in the car, she can. If she wants to wear her gumboots, she can. Doesn't have to have her hair done. I choose the hills I will die on and I am not arguing with a three-year-old every morning over something arbitrary like her wanting to wear a top that's too small or not wanting to wear socks with her shoes. So I ask myself the question, is the result of me allowing this dangerous or annoying? And if it's annoying, I just let it happen. So her refusing to wear sunscreen and a hat is dangerous. So I enforce that boundary. Her wearing gumboots with holes is annoying. Her socks get wet, but that won't hurt her. So I let it happen. Her refusing to brush her teeth is dangerous. 
I don't want her teeth rotting out of her head. So I enforce that boundary. If she feels like she needs to do five nudie runs around the kitchen before she gets dressed, but it's annoying, but it's not dangerous. So I let it happen. And yeah, look, I get impatient. And sometimes I snap at her if I'm having a bad day or she's having a really toddlery day, but I apologize. And I say, sorry, mum was feeling frustrated. There's absolutely no such thing as a perfect parent, seriously. But I just like being intentional in my parenting when I can, because that creates calm. We are scheduled parents and we're very routine, but that works for us and her. It doesn't work for everyone and you need to find a method that works for you. But that adds to our minimalism because we all know what to expect at each time of day. And that creates calm in our chaos. There's one more thing I'd like to address is that over-consumerism when it comes to kids stuff is really complicated. I'm not going to defend overspending or capitalism here, but I really do get the buying things for your kids can be so much more than it appears to be. Societal pressure can be huge depending on where you live. And if you grew up with any kind of financial or food insecurity, overspending on your kids can feel really healing. There's a lot of stigma around money and kids stuff. And there's a huge difference between shopping in secondhand stores by choice for environmental reasons and it being the only option you can afford. There's a lot of emotion and sometimes trauma involved in this. And that's totally okay. Go gently, make small changes when you can and be kind to yourself. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits. You can also email me, contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. I got some amazing questions last season, so please keep them coming. Don't forget this month's bonus is a video tour of our kids' room and her stuff with links to all of our favorite kid products. You can get access to that by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. Also, don't forget to leave a review. You just need to go to the show page for Very Excellent Habits, not the episode page. Scroll to the bottom and leave a review. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.